This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer, and check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics Town I hurt myself today to say well, welcome, you're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, whatever that is. <laughs> oh, cracking myself up. Hello there, you're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast issue number 96, covering the comic books that I read that came out on Wednesday, new comic book day, March 1st. And this particular podcast is infused with adamantium. And that stuff's hard to come by. <laughs> I am your host, that's completely lack of any healing factor whatsoever, Chris Latori. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where I recommend to you an amazing list of comic books to read every single week. That's right, I do all the hard work for you. Maybe you're brand new to comics, and there's so many to pick from, you're not sure, and you just need some help for a guy to just read a bunch and tell you what to get to save you some time and money etc or maybe you've been reading comic books since the day johnny cash was born which was uh 1847 something like that and you just want to save some time and money and tell and have somebody tell you what the best stuff is well then the sunspots comics podcast is definitely for you please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at sunspots comics and please check us out on youtube.com at uh, youtube.com slash and there'll be more stuff uh, arriving there very soon. And I wanted to say thank you, of course, to Nick Papa George for making our Sunspots Comics theme song. Please check him out at facebook.com slash Music, And also to my son, Justin Jables Latori, for doing our blog. Just check his blog out at blog.sunspotscomics.com. And please follow him on Instagram at justsunspots. How you doing there, Jables? And of course, just a reminder... I'm giving away free comic books, free comic book digital codes on my Instagram, at Sunspots Comics. I buy the Marvel comics, I never use the digital codes and download them, so I'm just going to give them away to you for free, like right now. So every now and then, on the podcast, I even give away a freebie, and here is one. It's for Black Panther, issue number four. It's amazing. It's written by Tanisi Coates, and the art is gorgeous, 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 as I'm looking at it here from Brian Stelfreeze. And please, uh, just, it's first come, first serve. So grab this code, go to marvel.com slash redeem. Whoever's first wins, here is the code. Here you go. That's F as in Frank, C as in Charlie, M as in Mary, A as in Apple, 1, I as in Indigo, Y as in Yellow, N as in Nancy, F as in Fun, Q as in Queen, 1, and Q as in Queen. That again, speed, here you go. It's coming at you fast. F, C, M, A, 1, 
I-Y-N-F-Q-1-Q. So just go to marvel.com slash redeem. Go grab yourself a free digital comic. That's Black Panther issue number four. Just a little thank you for me for listening to the podcast. There you go. There's a freebie. And Instagram, I'll be loading some very soon. So just uh, go over there to at Sunspots Comics on Instagram. I'll be loading those codes up. And again, first come, first serve. Just go and grab them. So come and get it. And uh, let me know if you want. Just hit me up and let me know that you are the lucky recipient of a free comic book. So there you go. There's a little something just for listening. So let's get into the Sunspots Comics podcast, issue number 96, with some stuff floating around in my nerd brain. And it sounds like that. It explodes. Uh, the first thing in my brain is the movie Logan, with the uh, starring, of course, the hugely jacked man. Uh, <laughs> it's his final installment of being Mr. Snicked. The Wolverine, maybe. I mean, who knows? But there, I have a guest on the sh- on the podcast. He was nice enough to hit me up on Instagram and ask me if he could be on a future podcast discussing Logan. And I said, sure, because I'm easy. All you got to do is ask me, and uh, <laughs> which I tell him on the, on the podcast here. Uh, so we're going to jump right into it. Please check out, uh, his name is Amos, and he has his own podcast called Just Being Amos. And he's on everything, all the social media at just being Amos, and you can check out his website justbeingamos.com. I like that it's simple and it's easy, and you can just find him very simply. But he was nice enough to join me and uh, discuss the movie Logan. So here you go. And by the way, again, we'll say it in a few seconds, but spoiler alert: we do spoil the movie, so you may want to see the movie first. It's not heavily spoiled, but it is pretty medium level uh, spoiled. But here you go. Here's uh, my thought and uh, my new friend Amos's thoughts on the movie Logan. Enjoy. All right, everybody, so here we go. This is the Logan, movie Logan review. Please be warned, we will probably spoil it a little bit, so be prepared. I know that just for me, my very DNA, I I really just don't want to spoil stuff, but you have been warned, it's going to be there. And I have a special guest, a brand new friend with me. His name is Amos. How's it going, Amos? Hey, what's up? Amos, uh, thank you for reaching out to me on Instagram and wanting to be on the pod and this discussion for Logan. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Ain't no problem, man. I, see, I, I saw the um, picture on Instagram. Like, man, I want to be the part of the discussion. So I sent a message, and here we go. Thanks, man. I'm easy. All you gotta do is ask. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's it. Just, just approach me. I'm good to go. And, and I've, I listened to your podcast as well, which I found it on iTunes. I know it's everywhere else too, but just being Amos, easy to find. That's your podcast, and I listened to three episodes, three issues so far. Right. And, uh, Overall, man, the message I got from your podcast and when I was feeling it from Vibe, and, and which is really just positivity. It's just about you expressing your love of, of the, the thing that you spend so much time on, which is comic books. And I, at its core, man, I, I thank you and I appreciate that because uh, that's what this is all about here at Sunspots Comics. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's, that, when I started the podcast and I said, man, I really didn't want to get my, my um, point across or just the things that I really love, like reading comics and watch me movies and stuff like that. So I decided to do the podcast, man. And um, I needed a platform and this is the platform I wanted and I, I'm doing it. And um, I really appreciate you um, listening to the um, three um, episodes and hopefully um, I'll do some more, you know, for for your listeners and for my, my listeners, you know. Yeah. I listened to the very last one too, which is what you're like in the forties, right? Like issue 43, I think is your latest. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, man, I, I like, even when you have guests on, that are that are even maybe a little more negative than you. You see things like me. You kind of wear those rose-colored glasses because this is what you love, you know. Right. And I, lo- right. I love that, man. That to me is at its core why I'm I'm a fan of your show from now on. I'm gonna catch up and listen to every issue because I definitely feel that positivity coming out of you. It's great. 
Oh, I appreciate it, man. You know, and like I said, I, it's enough negativity going around as it is and everything. But you know, people got different opinions and stuff like that. For my my goal is, if I have a guest on there, I want to interview that guest and see what they're talking about and everything like that. But I'm always looking things on the bright side. I might not like everything, but I mean. It is what it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just so much of it, right? I mean, there's just so much content that, that not everything is going to be for you exactly. So you just move That's on. That's true. Pick other stuff. That's true. There's just it's so much so to true. pick from. Like you and I were just talking about your recommendation to me, which was Rough Riders from right. Aftershock. And uh, it's like, man, that's that's one I've seen, I've grabbed, I've put it aside, and I want to, you know, I want to read it. But it's just another example of how much is out there, just a ton of content. It's like the golden age of comics right now. Yeah, and the thing is, it's not just the two, Marvel and DC, you know, including Image, but you have other studios and publishing companies out there producing quality books, you know, comics. And you have, like, Titan um, Comic. You have um, Titan Studios. Boom. You know, I could go on and on. Right. You know, and you got a lot of content out there, man, that is for, they got everything. I know. You know, they have everything. Nuts. I mean, the Vertigo titles, you figure Icon, Skybound. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. Top Cow, even mixing with Image. I mean, it's just there's still so much, so many small publishers out there that are doing it and doing it right. And it's so funny when you say Icon. Icon is is directly from is underneath Marvel. Right. It's like their Vertigo title, you know. Like right. DC. Right. And sometimes there are books. I mean, like Brian Bendis has one called Scarlet, and he did Brilliant. You know, Mark Millar. I'm saying it right, Millar and Miller. He has something on Icon, you know. But, yeah, I mean, you got a lot of flavors out there, you know. <laughs> so you can could, you could choose what you want. Let's start there, man. Tell me tell me a little bit about your background, uh, specifically in the area of comics. Like, how would you get started? What was, okay. the first comic, what was the first comic book you read? Or when did it hit you that this was something you loved? Like, And what are some of the things you, uh, you're reading now that you're, that you're really enjoying with some titles? Give it all to me. Okay, let me see. Let me get back. When I was a wee little boy. No, I'm just sort of joking. It was a Thursday on December it was... 11th. It was 2 p.m. <laughs> Let's go back. The screen yeah, is black. Tell us, your, tell us your comic book origin. Give it to us. Yeah. Man. So, you know, me, for me, it's, um, I'm from Mississippi originally. And the order for me to get my, well, to get my comic books, man, was in a grocery store. You know, they had your spinning around uh, racks. Spinner racks. Yeah, so I had those, man. And my, I picked my first one was like, it wasn't Spider-Man. I think it was the Avenger, uh, Avenger Annual. I can't think of the um, the title of it or anything, but it was an annual. Hmm. I remember that. It had Thor in the front cover. And um, that was my first comic book, man. And um, my mom said, oh, you don't need to get this and that. And I kept reading them. And you know the story. As I got older... You know, I got the books. Uh, I couldn't go to the store and get them all the time. So what I usually um, do, I did, is that I go through the comic book. And you see advertisements, right? You see Mile High Comics. You see Midtown Comics. You see listings of books. And I used to like write the number down. And this is the book I want. This and that. And you know, and I get I get them by mail. You know. Yeah, and that's how I, mean, how I got my comic books, man. I'm from a little small town in Mississippi, man. <laughs> so that's how I got them. And um, and after that, you know, through my high school years, I kind of got away from it a little bit because you know, doing teenage puberty, copying, and I, I, mm. you know, 
girls. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, I was in other things too, like video games, animation, cartoons, and all that. But still, superhero stuff. It's up until I got out of high school once again. I got into college, and I started reading Marvel again, and um, some of the DC stuff. But I got introduced to this god awful storyline onslaught remember that oh yeah onslaught yeah right. man mm. <laughs> <laughs> visually yeah. appealing right it was a, yeah visually yeah but the story it's mm. <laughs> <laughs> my opinion so i mean right. but yeah i got into the onslaught thing you know and uh um i was reading comics after that you know i was in my teens i was 19 and i got back into it and um i think i was visiting my uncle back here in atlanta and um, one day I was going to a, um, the grocery store and there was a comic book shop right beside it. I was like, oh, crap, a comic book shop. I've never seen this before. You know, I'm like, what? I'm a small it's, town. I never had this. Like <laughs> you a know? golden, golden gleaming mecca. You're like, wow, it's the fortress of, of nerditude. What yes, is this? Yes, sir. I had like an orgasm. I mean, a nerd, an orgasm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway... <laughs> So I I did that. I looked in there. I mean, I picked up a book called Purgatory, right. and um, it was very mature. I mean, that was my first time seeing a mature book. I'm like, and I picked it up, and I can't, I still got that book somewhere, man. But and that was and I got I fell in love once again, man. And I've been collecting ever since then. And um, I you know I moved from place to place, but I always kept my comic books, you know. And uh, and I will tell you this. And um, it was the Clone Saga. This one, like Mark Bagley and other writers and um, artists was doing this um, Clone Saga thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I stopped reading comic books for a minute. Because I'm like, what? Peter Parker is a clone? What? He wasn't a clone? I'm like, you know, I give my friend grief about it sometimes. But he said, man, I was on doing the art. And I said, okay. <laughs> so the thing is, man, um, ever since then, I, I and back in 2000, I think when I moved to Atlanta, and um, a friend of mine said, hey, you read comic books, right? I said, yeah, I read comics and everything. And um, you know what? You know, my uncle, he does, um, he works for Marvel and stuff like that. He said, no, you, you, you're lying to me. I said, you shitting me. That's what I said. I'm like, no, no, I'm serious. So I went to a fam- one of her family functions, right? And um, and um, I'm meeting this guy, and, and uh, he, this is a short white guy. <laughs> like, hey, my name is uh, so, uh, Mark Bagley. I said, what? Mark Bagley? I said, I, man, you know, when, he, when, when that happened to me, I'm like, oh. and I couldn't I read your stuff. It. I read everything. Zipton, yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> and this is when I got back into comics. Oh, you know, back in the he was doing all fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he always tell him that. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, he um gave me the Ultimate Spider-Man um Volume One, and this is when I started back reading comics again. I fell in love with the um comic books, everything you know, and I started getting issues after issues. I get I was getting like twenty, thirty books a week, you know, and I never stopped collecting them, man. It's to the point now that I think I need to find more space. <laughs> yeah, more buy a space. bigger buy a bigger house or get a get a storage facility. I know what you mean. Yes, sir. I really do, man. And I never stopped collecting them, man. But like I said, man, um, I collect everything. Not everything, but I collect the things that I really, really think would be very interesting to read, you know, that I might like. Like I said, I, I pick up stuff from Image, Marvel, DC, Boom, 
um, all other stuff. You know what I'm saying? You and I and, have uh, very similar taste, which is uh, we like all tastes. You know? It's yeah, like we, yeah. We, it, it, we're not. We don't have any problem with reading the big two, but we'll, we're all over the place, right? But the thing, the thing is, this man is that um, Chris. It's like it's um, it's storytelling, right? It's storytelling, man. You know, it's storytelling. It's visually, but at the same time, storytelling. And if I pick up a book that's very um, appealing to me, that I think is going somewhere, I keep it. Yeah. You know, but if if it's a book like ah oh, man, well, where are we going with this? I'm like, do I really want to continue buying this? You know, it's it's this stuff like that that you know, decides if I want to keep reading a book or not. It's all about the storytelling and where it's going. You know. Yeah, storytelling is uh, comic books. Are it's an art form. You know, it's subjective. So it's whatever just happens to speak to that inner, you know, your innards. That's yeah, that's, that's true. Well, no matter what yes. it is, you know, like I picked up a book recently that I was really surprised that I enjoy it, but it was like uh, it's called Tales from the Con, and it was right. just um, it's just a uh, little comic strips done to kind of make fun of the whole comic book convention world. And like, I wanted to get that, man. I didn't pick it up. Grab it, man. It, like I chuckled like at least 15, 20 times. It's like 120 pages, and I read it in like 40 minutes. And oh. uh, it's just kind of Peanuts style, Calvin and Hobbes, if you will, warm-hearted also, but but really kind of a true glimpse into the world of the, of the comic book convention and what it's all about. And that's something I maybe you know would have just glanced over and not even thought about, but I give things a try. And next thing you know, man, I was hooked. And... I consumed it all like very in a very short period of time. <laughs> yeah, not the same way I am. I'm, I'm the exact same, man. You know, I mean, if it's if it's just a good if it's a good read, man, I'm gonna continue picking that book up. And you know, it's the art plays a big part of it, also. Yeah. And when you actually sit through a book that's the art style is not that good, and I understand people are trying to get their feet in the um, business and doing like that, like that. But at the same time. The art got to complement the words. Yep. You know, so that's why I take it. Yeah, it's it's doubly hard to to really get a, a a good comic book when you think about it, right? It has to not only be a story that's enthralling and that appeals you mentally, but it has to just appeal to your eye. And right. And that's just art. That's just hard. That's why I'm always for for the rest of my life uh, be reading comic books because it's it really is kind of two separate parts of your brain that have to come together for something to be really good in a, in a comic book form, right? Yeah, that's true, man. Um, my girlfriend, we, we, she went to a convention when we, uh, we first started dating, and she picked up um, a book, um, a graphic novel about Shakespeare and something. It's about Shakespeare. I can't even think of it because she's a literature teacher, right? And I said, like, cool, she might like this. And she picked them up. She said, I can't read it. Like, that's important. I'm like, because I'm used to reading novels and books. And, you know, you're right, the brain and the eyes, man. You, you read flipping page and page, and you got a letter here, words here, picture here. Yeah, you know, not for everyone, man. Yeah. I remember giving Walking Dead, uh, the volume one, to someone. And, they, and all they ever read was books. You know, just someone that I worked with. And she couldn't grasp it, even from like, do I start left to right? Like, where I don't understand where the bubbles go. And it was yep. really too difficult for her. And she just, you know, 10, 12 pages in was like, no, it's just not for me. Because well, try reading a manga. Yeah. <laughs> I'll throw, she would just have a headache and pass out. She was like, oh, what? Right to left? I don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, true. Some people really, because they just, they can't grasp that. They can't use those, those two engines in your brain going at the same time. And and it's not for everybody, sure. You know, it's not. That it's a and we're getting metaphysical, right? We're getting 
we're getting into it now, deep and how the yeah. brain functions with <laughs> comics. But uh, thank you for your backstory, man. I appreciate that because I've I've met you. I have not met you personally, and I wanted to get to know you a little bit and and understand kind of where you're coming from. And and thank you, man. That's that's cool that you're friends with Mark Mark Bagley too. I mean, he's someone that yeah, I, I don't consider. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I highly hold him in in high regard because uh, he really just has a grasp on my childhood because that's a a lot of where I started. For me, it was like Spawn. Uh, that was one of the earlies and 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 Swamp Thing, and I was reading just right. a ton of everything Mark Bagley did. That was kind of where I started. So uh, yeah, he's he'll always have a sweet spot in in my heart. You know, Mark Bagley. Yeah. Will. Shout out to Mark. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's that's the first half for me, man. I can't tell you everything, man. <laughs> and then tell me tell me too about like what then what are I know it's hard to it's like picking your kids or something, but what are some of your favorite comic book titles right now that you're reading? Give me a handful. Um, right now, like I said, Rough Riders is good. I've been reading that. Um, Revival. And I've been reading Revival, man. And 47 is the last book Ending of it. that series. Ending it, yeah. Yep. It's Revival. Um, I've been enjoying um, I'm the Amazing Spider-Man. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a Spider-Man. I'm Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, amazing Spider-Man. And something else um, that's got me... Want to can't wait for the next issue. I can't think of it. So much I read, I man. The time, right? <laughs> How about Invincible? But, you read Invincible? They're ending that forever too. I know they're ending that. Oh, Batman. Yeah, I Batman is so good. Batman and Detective Comics. I like those two so far. I just like what DC has done lately with the rebirth. Yes. Uh, and uh, it's back to basics, man. It's it the is. legacy stuff, man. And, and it's like we said earlier before we got on the podcast, man. It's nothing political. No, don't um. Swapping around, you know, it's right. it's just it's it's basic storytelling of your core characters. Yep, keep it simple. Just yep. keep it simple. Yep. Core characters, you know, you got your sidekicks still, you got those guys, but at the same time, it's nothing. It's it's just it's enjoyable. It totally is. Yeah, anyone can pick up just at any time any Batman single issue almost, right? And yeah, it it's just picks up uh, running and it keeps it simple and it's it's batman doing his thing and it's the ensemble now that's the whole right. core element of it i love that i mean they have kind of what seems like they've depowered him a little bit right maybe in a way like like degadgetized him a smidge because yeah a little relying, bit he's relying on the team you know which is the core of it now which is fine i think james tinney and the, the fourth's doing a great job of keeping that all together and uh yeah i've been so enjoying batman and and uh looking forward to more of it yeah they kind of put that in the, on the movie too you know, it's all about teamwork, teamwork, friends and family. I'm like, okay, but yeah, I understand what you know. That Batman, you know, he's always been a, um, a loner, man. He had his sidekick Robin, but right now he has an extended family, man. And I like the, I'm, I'm liking the direction going with Batman right now because you know, in Rebirth, the the one shot, we saw the Watchman button with a smiley face. Yeah, I'm like, oh. I can't wait to that, man. I can't wait to that issue with Flash and Batman, that crossover they got coming up. You know, we just saw a glimpse, just a just a quick smidge glimpse in Batman 18 of uh, revisiting that uh, Watchmen introduction. No, no spoiler That's so there. true. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's coming. They're finally going to kind of tie that back in, I think. It's coming soon. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I know Alan Moore saying, man, y'all need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> well, thank you, man. Thanks for the backstory. Thanks for getting to know you a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to definitely pick up Just Being Amos on iTunes. I'm sure it's on SoundCloud and all the podcatchers. And your website, JustBeingAmos.com. And uh, follow you on Instagram, JustBeingAmos. Yeah, I like that you just kept it all just like me. Everything is at Sunspots Comics. You just kept it simple. 
And uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, you can catch me on like on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook um, page, and like I said, you're right. My web my website, man, I'm still working on it, but still check it out because I do a lot of blogging on there also. So yeah, you can check they can check it out. Yeah, and it leads you to everything just being Amos too, which is nice about you just being Amos on on your website. But uh, yeah, yep. man, thank you for being on. I appreciate it. So let's get into the nitty gritty, right? Let's talk about Logan. So we both saw it. Um, I saw it in yes. IMAX. Did you see it in IMAX or 3D or anything, or just standard 2D? Yeah, standard 2D, man. I can't do 3D, man. My eyeballs started hurting. Man. I wear glasses, <laughs> man. I got whew, too much. <laughs> I uh, I usually if I see 3D, it's IMAX. They just seem to have a, just a higher quality, higher level, and my brain doesn't hurt in IMAX 3D, but I'm with you. Like other regular 3D, uh, get the brain drain. It's just, it's just yep. throbbing. But uh, not with IMAX. But anyway, I... Um, let's jump right into it. So in case you didn't hear before, spoiler alert, uh, Amos and I are going to be talking about Logan, the movie, and, uh, we'll, we'll try not to spoil every single aspect, but it, you know, very well could happen. So you have been warned, spoiler alert. <laughs> so <laughs> what'd you think as my guest? Thank you for being here again. What were your initial thoughts of Logan, Amos? I think it was one of the great movies of, in my opinion, it's a great movie. I think it's a proper send off of the character. Uh, for Logan, for Wolverine, and um, man, <laughs> it's just the way it was done, man. And when I was watching it, man, it didn't seem like a superhero movie. It was like a, just a regular movie, man. When a man with claws, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, how I looked for, at it. If it wasn't I mean, for adamantium, claws. right? You were just watching a, a an action drama. If it wasn't for adamantium being in there somewhere, right? Right, what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like an action drama, man. It was a lot of, it was a lot of drama in it, man, and and it, it was it was a great story story told. Yeah, me personally, I thought of um, Logan, you know, his his relationship with Charles and everything like that. Kind of touching, man. Oh God, I'm not gonna sit down front, man. Dude, I took close to the end of the movie, man. I only had a tear. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I can only I count. had a tear. I mean, you can probably do the same. You can agree with me or, or don't on this comment, but there's probably only a handful, right, of, of any comic book-related non-paper comic book that the media can actually really spark a heavy emotion in you, right? And this was one of them for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's maybe only five times where I've, like, you know, almost shed a tear or you really feel like, you know, you're, at a, you're set back and you're gasping, like, wow. Like, man, that's intense. I felt that with yeah. this. Yeah, I totally agree, man. It was very intense, man, and it just—it was the emotion, the emotion part of it, dude. It's just like you see Hugh Jackman; he was into the character and Logan, man. It's just like, whoa, man. I mean, whew, what else can I say, man? I mean, it's it's just a great movie, man. I recommend people to go see it. Well, you I know, really do. What was crazy, right? I mean, it, the... put away all the X Men movies. Yeah, <laughs> put them away. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I I thought after the uh, the twelve trailers, which seemed like uh like forty minutes of trailers, <laughs> they went into that that Deadpool two trailer. Forty minutes. <laughs> it seemed like forever oh, in the theater. Yeah, man. When it comes to IMAX trailers, there was so many, but they went into that Deadpool two trailer, and that was hilarious. It's like you, I actually thought it was the movie at first, which most people did because the trailers were over, the feature started. And it was a, a trailer, kind of melded into the movie. That's the first time I think I've ever seen that ever. Yeah, me too. I mean, I was like, "What?" I wasn't expecting it, man. Like, what the hell? I mean, I'm like, "Oh God!" 
They said it was gonna be you no, know, it was not gonna be a Deadpool and a Logan movie, but I'm like, oh my god, they lied, they lied. Right. <laughs> but that's so, the first ever, right? Was, because they melded a trailer into the movie. So you wonder, like, on the Blu-ray, is that just gonna be melded in, or is it gonna be separate? But I think it's melded in. Like that's the way they went with it, which is definitely something new, and uh, and a bit risky. But they went for it, you know. Yeah. I think on the yeah, Blu-ray, they would. Wouldn't it be great if they have multiple takes of of Ryan Reynolds in that scene? Like, wouldn't that be the best? Oh, that'd be that was hilarious, man. That's so <laughs> hilarious. I'm praying for that. Like, please give us a gag reel of 30 minutes of that, of just him speaking off the cuff and just whatever floats out of that strange brain of his. And I just want to see multiple takes of that trailer. Man, I'm just amped up for that movie too, man. But yeah, it was it was amazing to see that. Like, into the movie, I thought, man, this is gonna be in the movie. But then it was just a trailer. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is it's awesome. When they showed his feet, right? You're like, oh, that's this is Logan. We're starting, right? And you're like, oh no, wait! He takes the hood off. It's Deadpool. What the hell's going on? And then they started playing my angel. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the music. Did you see that they cut Stan Lee out and then online he's back in? in oh, in I didn't trailer? see that. Go in, man. They they cut Stan Lee out of it. He like steps out of the the phone booth, and uh, then Stan Lee's right there, and he says. Uh, you know, he's like, what a great outfit. And he's like, zip it, Stan Lee. <laughs> and it's, that's oh, it. Oh, <laughs> man, she left that. What? I know. Why'd they take it out? It was great. Well, Stan Lee went on Twitter and thanked Ryan Reynolds personally for putting it back into the trailer online. Wow. Yeah. That's very classy, man. <laughs> that's very classy on Ryan Reynolds. I mean, I, I, I even another level of respect for that man. So, which I, I do truly too. believe he is Deadpool. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He actually is Deadpool. <laughs> you can play 10 more movies of Deadpool, man. You know, he's he's young, too, so. <laughs> yeah, we're in for a decade of Deadpool. I hope so. They quote me on that. Decade of Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> and that giant grid of text scrolling past at 100 miles an hour. Like, what was all that? I, I yeah. know it's probably online. They'll break it down, right? But I got to know what yeah. all that is. Yeah, it was kind of, that, that um, trailer was pretty cool. Because I was looking in the background, man. They had, like, the Firefly post up there. Like, what? Firefly? Oh, yeah. They're sending messages or something? Firefly? Oh, we'll like, see. There's like 50 Easter eggs in it. I, 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 like there's writing on the uh, on the phone booth. I think it says like Scott Summers or something. It references someone's name in the X-Men. I mean, Nathan yeah. Summers. There you go. And there's uh, there's like uh, Eggy, I think E-G-G-Y that's on somewhere. And I saw that that's referencing another hidden Easter egg. There's just tons of them all graffitied all over this place. And I, I, I got to ch- br- break it all down. <laughs> I got to check it out online again. And I want to see what that giant grid of text is. I got to see what that is. Like, it's just hilarious. And then did you, you know, like our theater was laughing so loud at some of his, you know, ramblings, his, under the under his breath ramblings. I couldn't hear it. Like, because right. people would laugh and carry on laughing. And it was just the, he does this little quiet under his breath ramblings of weird little nuggets of funny, right? And right. Did, did you hear the last thing he said on that trailer? I, I didn't even hear it until I watched it online. He was like doing his Australian accent, making fun of Hugh Jackman. And Logan, he says, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says he says have a have a happy hug a koala day. That was his last line. <laughs> I didn't hear it until I was I played it online. I was like, Happy hug a koala day. Happy <laughs> hug a koala day. And he does it in this great accent. Um so it was genius. I was uh, Wow. And it set a weird tone, right? We're laughing. And then it got very serious. <laughs> it's, yeah, right? I'm like, damn, we happy then. Oh, my God. He come to tear jerker. The tear works. Like, oh. Those are only some of my little concerns with it, right? I saw trailer 1.0. That's all I watched. I didn't watch any of the other trailers of it. Yeah. And so you already know, right? It's setting an emotional, dramatic, like a real stakes kind of, 
you know, with some heavy, intense, like very visceral, brutal, intense action scenes. But we knew it was very serious. And I think the trailer delivered in that respect. It was very intense, very serious. Um, there weren't really any, I mean, just barely any chuckles in it, right? It just had a very serious tone. It had a, it had a very, very, very serious tone to it. Even in the trailer, man, when they played the Johnny Cash song, man. Yeah. Like, oh, man, this is um deep, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Even at the end credit, they played a the Johnny Cash song, you know? Right. Yeah, but in, but it was, I mean, I, going into the movie, I knew it was serious. It was not going to be that many jokes told, you know? But uh, I would say Professor Xavier, man, his Chuck and his yeah Chuck and his condition, Chuck. man, he was pretty funny in some scenes with some stuff he said. But it it was serious, man. I mean, it was it was a very intense movie, man. I mean, I had the like the kills, the brutality of the um, violence, man. Oh yeah. You know what you expect from a man with claws coming yeah. out from his forearms. I mean, think of how they pulled and off that was, how they pulled off the violence of Wolverine in other movies, right? You never see blood. Yeah. You never, there's no blood on his claws. It's just it, they just they just do this weird, strange turn of angles and lack of blood thing where you don't even really know. You know, the, the you just can't quite see the violence, and you saw all the violence here, man. It was wow. Yeah, yeah, but um, I mean, that all in all, I mean, it was it was a great movie, and uh, like I said, I would tell a friend on, my, on his Facebook page that. It'll be one of my top five movies, regardless of a comic book movie or just a movie movie, you know? I mean, it's in my, one of my top five movies. Well, I say top ten, not five, ten. I got too many other movies I like, but top ten. <laughs> it's hard to make the list move, isn't it? So yes, many. it is, man. There's so much <laughs> good stuff. I was a little shocked by the the, the F-bombs in the movie. Like, I, I, I you, you expect it, right, from Wolverine. It makes sense. Like, I mean, even when he has... That little teeny uh, cameo appearance in First Class when uh, Professor Xavier, off. yeah, he's all just fuck <laughs> off, right? You, you like, you kind of, all right, that makes sense. Doesn't shock you. You like, he's the guy with claws, he stabs people, makes sense. But when Ch- when Chuck was dropping the f bombs, I was like, man, and he was just like rolling with them too. It was still a little shocking to me. I mean, I know it's a weird thing, and that's how people talk and whatnot. But uh, to see him dropping f bombs like crazy and in kind of a Alzheimer's uh, haze, you know, we don't really, you know, he's he's uh, senile-esque with his strange powers causing it and the drugs he's on. But I still was like a little like, wow, like he's just yeah. F-bombing like crazy. Yeah, I'm kind of throwing back uh, myself. But, you know, like you said earlier with Alzheimer's and he's losing his powers, his powers going out of control. Yeah, it make you kind of like, like that. <laughs> yeah, mean? it makes it sort of make sense that it's not just gratuitous. It seems, you know, appropriate. Yeah, I totally agree. In a way, so that I still was a little when he's just flinging when when old man Chuck was flinging a man, I was like, wow, it's still just a little. I was laughing a little at that. I mean, I know it wasn't meant to be funny, right? Yeah, that's that what I mean, laughing at him because it wasn't meant to be funny. But to hear him say those things in the previous movies, he didn't say that. <laughs> right? Like, Damn, Chuck. So prim and proper, so English, right, and everything else. Right. Uh, that's what you children must do. Everything is so <laughs> in, serious, and you know. And then he's just like, ah, F this, F that, and F it's like, whoa, it's like that crazy uncle you have at Christmas that, that drank too much and Yeah, the just... drunken uncle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just dropping they're flowing out of him like it's nothing. But I, I couldn't help but kind of you know, find him a little funny. And I have to say, man, there were I looked over at my wife a couple of times and she fell asleep twice. Um <laughs> What? In in her in in defense of her, she is a nurse and, and so she works some crazy hours sometimes, but 
Um, there were a couple of scenes where we're just kind of looking at, at Hugh Jackman, a hugely jacked man, um, just kind of sleeping. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. <laughs> and he wakes up and then he sleeps some more and he wakes up and he sleeps a little bit more. <laughs> and then he wakes up and he sleeps a little bit more. And uh, I knew it. I just looked at my wife and I peeked over and I was like, oh, she closed her eyes. I mean, I don't blame her because you're looking at someone sleeping, you know. Right. And there was all this intense action, and you're at level 10 action, and it slowed down to like 0.3, you know? Yeah, that was the thing about it, the, the, temp, the tone, the tempo. You know, you had action, then then you got nothing going on, then action, then nothing going on, nothing going on, then action. I mean, it was up and down, but I think that was what the the, the director wanted for the movie, you know, because, like you said, it was kind of grounded. Mm-hmm. It was a grounded movie, man. I mean, no, there was no way um, optic beams blind, no freeze breath. I mean, it was a freeze breath, but it was in the <laughs> storms and stuff like that. It was just a grounded movie, man. You know, you had like sight the Reavers, sideboard, spoiler alert, Reavers and everything like yeah. that. But yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I'm I'm a comic book purist, so I, I was a little. It's a little sad when you don't get to see any capes or tights or suits or anything, you know, or really any flashy colors. You know, there was just, it was grounded and very much gray, um, brown and red. Right. <laughs> like the movie Plenty was, of red. Yeah, and the dirt, right? It was just like brown, gray, yep. and red. This movie just seemed to live in those that, those three colors. But um, did you, I ask you a question. Did you, um, like I believe, you know, Schindler's List is a, is a you know, fantastic, dramatic, amazing, intense movie. Uh, right. But, it, but you never watch it again. Um, no, <laughs> is uh, is this a little bit of that for you? Do you think you'll be? I always kind of judge movies by rewatchability. So, do you think you will rewatch this? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it over again. I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm going to buy the Blu-ray, man. Come on. Yeah. All right. You know, I'm a comic book purist, man. I mean, come on. I mean, the, this is one of those movies that if it was rated R, but man, it was it was done well, man, for a beloved character, an actor who. Brought this character to the silver screen, man, and people embraced this character, you know. And even the comic books, man, Wolverine is one of the famous characters that you know. Yeah. And and Hugh Jackman did this character for seventeen years, nine times. Isn't that crazy? Nine times to seventeen, yeah. <laughs> so That's nine crazy. times, please, yeah. So I think the person closest to him is Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. Yeah, playing the same character. Had the three movies and the two Avengers and uh, his appearances, right? That's yeah. He's probably got him. He's a close second. Yep. That's crazy. So seventeen. So years. yeah. That's I mean, nuts. Mm-hmm. Seventeen. You know, because uh, X Men came out in two thousand, and he, so that's crazy, dude. You know what? I, I also too have to say you have to really kind of check your continuity out. The kind of just take that continuity code off leave it at the yep. door <laughs> yeah because yep. if you're looking for old man logan the comic book in any way shape or form not, uh, it's not that movie it's not that movie and mm-hmm. uh, you know i still kind of in the back of my mind hope that will be done someday right with the hulk and all can you imagine like the actual little truer to form man, that, old man that, logan story holy mackerel yeah that 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 that, that, that story was crazy but to clarify <laughs> they don't call this old man logan right it's just logan it's not in the year three, three thousand um, it's, you know, in the year like 2030, you know, in that neighborhood, not too far off from now. 2029, 20, I think 2029, 20, he said. I have a, I have a retcon theory. I think with the X-Men movies, right? And, uh-huh. and sort of the aspect of how they've been infusing time travel into it as well. I think that they'll probably retcon this movie. 
this this will be known as the swan song, right? He walked yes. into the twilight for Hugh Jackman uh, and Chuck. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> It'll be their, you know, their their love letter. But I think we'll see this sort of retcon. They'll know this is his potential, you know, end, and things will be adjusted. What do you think of that? You think I'm way off? You might. Well, you, I don't think so. Uh, but you say potential. Who's to say Ryan Reynolds talked to his buddy? Say, yo, Hugh, come on, man. Yeah, you got yeah. one more in you. <laughs> I know you got one more. You know the fans want this. You could do this. And I'm, I'm hoping, crossing fingers, that he'll make an appearance in the Deadpool movie or a, a crowd together, a team up or something, man. Yeah, yo. Very, very possible, right? I mean, yes. yes it makes you feel I, like we haven't had enough. Like it's not like oh it's time like it feels this should be no we we do want more we want more yeah we want more I mean come on man we want more I mean look <laughs> do we 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 in an age now with technology and with they could go with the special effects and the, and the imaginations you know for doing a um, an X Men movie man look at how many years Marvel the MCU started in two thousand and eight right yeah it's two thousand and seventeen. Look how many movies they put out. It's crazy. In that span. I mean, it's just, uh, you, I never so, thought yeah. I'd live to see the day, honestly, right? The little kid in me, no matter what it is, Guardians of the Galaxy 11, I don't care. I'll be there. It's like that little kid in me is constantly just, just tickled with a feather and, and, <laughs> and given, given some candy and said, here, go be happy because we're going to keep giving you more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a kid, a kid in the candy shop. Oh, man, this is heaven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I totally agree with you, man. Well, what did you think of this, man? This is something that's been that's been, I've been it's been in, on my mind since I saw this movie. Was the one thing they sort of didn't answer. This is what leads to also my my theory of retcon, but they didn't answer the ailment of of Logan. He he references it, it that he knows the atom. It's adamantium. It's in him. But there's one moment where he says, "I know what it is," which is he lives with adamantium because of his healing factor. It's his healing factor that's not working. Did did you read into something I didn't? But they to me they didn't answer it. Uh, maybe they will in Old Man Logan Part Two: Back from the Dead. But what? <laughs> <laughs> where did you feel that way, or that's just me? Uh, I can't I think. I mean, he said he was. It's, it's the poisoning from the metal. I mean, it's been in his. Uh, I didn't think anything else of it. You don't um, think it's that why his healing factor is not working? I mean, just because he's old, I mean, he doesn't really age. They've always had where he doesn't really age throughout even the cinematic tapestry of Logan. Um, but yeah. here, here, all of a sudden, his healing factor is not working. So there's something I think. Uh, well, you know what? If that was the case for the from the adamantium um, poisoning, man. I mean, X twenty three is not gonna be living living long either. So I mean, I mean, he probably knew what was was killing him. I mean, you know, I felt sad for him, man. He was all beat up, limping, and. Dude, he's like my friend said. He was a he's a he was a badass man. I mean, you see him looking like this, just beat up. That's the hard part to deal with in this movie, really. Is it's, yeah, it's not a you know, it's not 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 a, a ton of like a like adrenaline pumping actiony fun. There's some of that, but it's like he's const The stakes are real. That's what it right. is, right? Is that we feel like man, this dude could die. There are people dying in this. Like no one is really safe. And and that's where I think it, it it's hitting on all cylinders because they've they've set the tone of realism, but that's where it kind of gets that little Schindler's List kind of rating, right? You're kind of like, right. man, this is sad, and like there's a character I love, and we're just seeing him being destroyed. You know, you feel like that yeah. too. 
Yeah, I felt like that, man. Like, damn, this is one of my one of the favorite characters I watched as a kid and read in the comic books and in the in movies. And you know, he such he was such a badass, but now he's like a broken man. It's just like you don't want to see your favorite character like that. No, it's like I'm a humongous Bruce Lee fan, right? And he died in his prime. It would be like seeing Bruce Lee like lose in a movie, you know? Right. Right. You know, he doesn't lose. He hardly gets hit at all. Like it would be <laughs> it's like some of that for me, right? They just feel like, damn, someone you love and they're getting their ass kicked like no and and that's the that's the part i'm talking about the the emotion part of the character because for me like i i I read the comics and i mean i like i like the hugh jackman portrayal of wolverine but dude just the character man he was just just beat up man like (laughs) what's life what's life anymore you know he had the bullet he said he's gonna get the bullet and kill himself with the andamanium man he said this is for him he thought of killing himself with that like yeah that was sad too that was sad, right? Yeah. Just that, yeah. Know, that constant way out of it all that he kept with him was was that was a, yeah, an emotionally telling, sad moment when you saw that, right? And, yeah, and he's one of the characters in X Men that was always he had your back, you know. He was always helping friends out, and he you know he was the, I would say the rock of the team, you know. He was a, he was solid, you know. But seeing him down like this and just like beat up and. Ooh, man, I mean, it was kind of messed up, man. I was just like, damn. <laughs> you feel for him. Yep. That's why deep inside my mind, I think here's what will potentially happen, right? The X-Men will have you know Wolverine in it, and he'll be given something or a spell will be put on him or something, and we as fans will know that is what leads to his demise, and that will somehow be removed from him. Right. Because, you know, they're going to come up with some young actor, Tom Hardy or somebody, right? Eventually. Yeah. So they got to keep the the franchise going. They got to keep the franchise going. Yeah. Mark my words. I've said it right here. I think that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, then again, um, Laura uh, X twenty three, she might take the mantle. You know, they got to go years ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm gonna ask a question to you. What did you think about the um, the little um, girl, the actress that played X twenty three? I one thing that I constantly looked at was that frown between her between her eyebrows. Right. Right. And she the girl is ten. Yeah. I thought eleven. I think eleven. I thought, man, she's got like a little bit of an old soul. It was just that she had that that furrowed brow constantly. Right. You know, like she'd been through some pain, and if yeah. she wasn't in her real life, then she pulled it off like I've never seen a ten year old do. That's some acting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. If if that was just acting, so I you could see that on her face. If they CG'd in that in there, man, I'm gonna be disappointed. <laughs> they like find yeah. out later it's green screen, and they, you know, they they just splice that in with Photoshop. I'll be ah, but I thought she was surprisingly amazing. And when she just sort of did decide, you know, chose not to spoke for the majority, speak not for the majority of it, and then boom, she went Ricky Ricardo on him. I thought right. <laughs> I thought man, that was not what I expected, and it was a fresh feeling and. Uh, I thought she pulled it off. I mean, my wife was asking, how can a little girl do these, you know, she had, must have not have done almost any of the stunts. She just was, you know, in the finishing moments okay. because a okay. you know, little 10-year-old slicing and dicing people. But um, I thought she did, you know, a, a good job. She was she was stoic. And like I said, some of the facial features on her sort of told the tale. So what about you? Right. I really enjoyed it, man. I, oh, another, she's another one of my favorite characters, X-23. Yeah. And when I seen her in action, I oh. Man, yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yep. I mean, the claws and the and the forearms and the feet, and like, oh my goodness, man! 
I think she did an excellent job of portraying X-23. And um, I, f- I, I agree with you. She didn't say nothing about the first half of the um, the first <laughs> act of yeah. the movie. It's until Logan said, do you ever talk? He said, say it. <laughs> then she stopped speaking Spanish. She's like, wow. Then she kept going on and on and on. <laughs> I think that was a smart move the director did for that character. Then in like the first half, don't say anything. She was full of rage and... And you know, and then the second half have a talk. Then, cause it kind of played in later on in the movie. Finally, you know, mm-hmm. and for like you said, we're doing spoilers, right? Yeah, we we warned already. I, all right. For anyway, that it kind of <laughs> played in later in the movie when they um then he finally they defeated his clone, another clone of um Wolverine. Yeah, it was a X twenty four. You see that uh, she started talking to him. Said then she finally said, "Daddy." I'm like, oh, and then when I started to kind of cry, man, I'm like, oh my goodness, she said, "Daddy." I'm like, oh man. Yeah, that hit me too, man. Like Jesus. <laughs> it was just Damn. like, oh, the same thing I said. I was like, oh, they went there, and of course she had to say it a lot. And you're like, no, just stop saying it. I was like, yeah, mm, trying to fight these tears. <laughs> yeah, dude, like man. I, I honestly think, man, Oscars need to, the Oscar, the Academy Awards need to look at this movie, man. It's just not the typical superhero movie, man. It's it's a drama, it's drama, um, it's action, but it's it's a, a storytelling. Yeah, yeah, I thought that it's, as well. I mean, especially with Hugh Jackman, um, the scene, the little funeral scene is all I'll say. Like he he uh, really sold it and did some top notch acting there for him. You know, he had a relatively one tone kind of one note in most of the movie right it's like you know he's kind of kind of crotchety kind of angry bitter he's got a mission he's focused he's drinking his pills but there was that emotional moment at the funeral scene there where he uh he got me too man i was like all right this guy can act we've seen him in other stuff i was like dang he's doing it right here and it hit me as well so hats off and then there was another scene that he was about to bury chuck man you know he was trying to bury him he just could. He liked. The, he was yeah. going to cry. And That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's the funeral. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was going to cry. He kept cursing. F this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? He does a lot of Broadway. I mean, he does a lot of plays. Yeah. So I mean, he's a good act. He's a great actor. Yeah, he's done a ton of other movies and different styles and genres. So yeah. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, overall, I think you know, like I said, there is a little bit of that uh, that Schindler's uh, feel and way that maybe I'm not sure if I'll revisit it. But I am for now. I'm definitely going to do it. It was emotional. It was heavy. Like I said, you don't be expecting you know capes and cowls, folks. There, there's none of that in here. It's a like I said, it isn't. You're gonna live in the brown and the gray and the red, and it's gonna be dramatic and heavy. <laughs> I think I had a lot of elements of like unforgiving in it. Also, it was. Western style kind of thing, you know, is as far as the um, the tone. Yeah. You also they had that in there too. You know, Schindler's List. They had that also, but man, I'm gonna see it again. Yeah. (laughs) I think so too. We should have another review of it and see how we feel after a second time. We've done that a couple of times on past issues of the Sunspots Comics podcast. Okay. The uh, second review, uh, second time viewing review. So maybe you should join us on that, man. We'll both see it again and. And, and recollect our thoughts and see what we feel about it after a second time. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it one um, at the Kong. Let's go to Island, right? Is it gonna fit into the lineup? Because this year is insane. We're just gonna go back to back to back with all throughout this year almost. Dude, I'm telling you, man, this just started off. You watching John Wick two, Logan. <sighs> John Wick too. Man, what else? Some, some more stuff coming up. I can't think of. Man. Is that a Lego movie, Lego Batman movie. Yeah, yeah. 
I Sorry mean, about it's, that. It's just right off the right off the gate. We're only you know we're only in March. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's this year starting off with a bang, and then I mean, gosh, the, the, in no order. We got Wonder Woman. We have you know the Star Wars at the end of the year. We've got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two. I mean, it's just it's this year is going to be crazy. I'm missing some. I know there's some others in there. It's like it's I'm not looking at the list right now, but it's nuts. There's just so many coming this year. It is. But Spider Man, yeah, like Spider Man, oh. right? Right. I mean, you right. know, I've, I've I've been trying to stay away from all the trailers and every little bit of footage for Spider Man, but uh, I mean that looks great. But man, it's hard to stay away from everything they're showing for that movie. Right. <laughs> you ain't lying, man. You ain't lying. <laughs> it's not out there. But thank you, man. I, I we both loved it. I mean, I I let's let's see it again. See how we feel after. And uh, please again tell everybody where they can find you and and hear your stuff. Plug oh yes, away. um, you could catch me on. Uh, Catch me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Jasmine Amos. And also, you can check my check my uh, web page, JasmineAmos.com. And um, check my podcast, man, JasmineAmos um, podcast, man. Like I say, I talk about everything geeky, nerdy, pop culture, stuff that I'm passionate about and what I love. And I'll tell you, man, Sunspots Comics uh, seal of approval. I I listen to a ton of podcasts, and there's, you know, I, I subscribe to yours, and I enjoyed it. It's your, it's really your 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 soul and your your deep passionate love for comic books and those rose covered covered colored glasses that you wear just like me man so uh, <laughs> i I, uh, <laughs> I commend you it's hard to do but you at your very core in, inside of you i can tell that's that's your passion it's your love i appreciate it man i sure i surely appreciate that well thanks again amos you have a good one and uh, we'll talk again man let's go see it again and we'll uh we'll do our second second viewing review in the future uh, thank you, Chris. So there you have it. That's my thoughts on Logan. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And thanks again to Just Being Amos for joining me on that Logan discussion. And my son, Justin. Hey, Jables. He wants to be on for a discussion as well in the very near future. So we will more than likely have Mr. At Just Sunspots here on the podcast discuss Logan and maybe do that second time viewing review as well. So tune in for that. Just hit subscribe on the podcast. You never have to worry about missing anything. And the next thing on my nerd brain is the Frank and Sons collectible show. Uh, I am in no way affiliated with them, but uh, my friend Hugo said, hey, I've never been to Frank and Sons. What is it? Tell me about it. Take me there. So Frank and Sons, if you live in Los Angeles, it's in the city of industry. You can see it on see their site, frankandsonshow.net online and it is a just a little mini comic book convention every single Wednesday and Saturday and they've really stepped up their game it's like 50,000 square feet of this indoor sort of swap meet it doesn't cost anything to park there there's no entrance fee and they are the absolute mecca of collectibles they have comic books they have toys action figures even sports paraphernalia it is just loaded with stuff every time i go there i see something new and different and they have vintage toys there they have new stuff uh they just got i mean a little bit of comic books a ton of like magic the gathering card playing stuff uh, just it's just a mix mashed of so many different things that uh, I could do a whole podcast on it alone. But I really had a ton of fun there. I bought another one of those Star Wars Elite diecast series that I'm loving right now. I bought the the Flame Trooper the uh, from the first uh, order, the first order Flame Trooper. I love it. It's gorgeous looking, and I just can't recommend it enough. If you live in Los Angeles, make if you live anywhere in a two three hour radius from the city of industry. Go and drive out there on a Wednesday night. It's open like 3 to 9 or a Saturday 9 to 5. It's completely worth it. I mean, movie memorabilia, board games, G.I. Joe toys, action figures, Barbies, 
Disney pins. It just goes on and on and on and on. There's so much stuff. There's something for everyone. So definitely go and check out Frank and Sons. And again, it's frankandsonshow.net. I just had so much fun. I had to give them props. I Actually, this, this weekend, I put some pictures of some things that I saw and did and bought uh, on my Instagram. So just check it out at Sunspots Comics. So Frank and Sons, so much fun. And the last thing on my nerd brain is that I'm writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. And I'm writing it, I'm doing the coloring, the lettering, and my good friend Jordan Hudson is doing his amazing art for it. And he can, you can follow him on Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is beautiful. Thank you so much for that. And also check out zombiedestroyers.com. I grabbed the website and I posted about four pages of some sample stuff from Jordan on zombiedestroyers.com. And just a quick update on my comic book. I am hoping to release it sometime maybe by summer. That's looking uh, like how we're, uh, the time frame if everything goes, if all the stars align. But right now, uh, Jordan is working on penciling and inks for page 19 and 20. And issue number one looks like it's going to be 30 pages. So I'm super excited to get it out there. It's called Zombie Destroyers. It's going to be self-published by me under the Sunspots Comics Publishing Company. And I'll be putting it out here very soon this year. I'm so super humbled and excited that I'm actually in the comic book biz, sort of. I mean, I'm doing it my way, and I can't wait to show it to you. And next up, I just wanted to uh, say hello to everyone that has agreed to do interviews uh, in our segment called Spotlighting. I haven't forgot about you. You're all lined up. Thank you. And uh, this is where basically I like to interview people that are struggling and trying to make it in the comic book business. If you listened uh, or see on the feed there on Podcast 94, I just interviewed writer Marcus Inasso and Jason Muir of the Action Lab Danger Zone comic book called Voracious Feeding Time. I'm super proud of it. It was super fun. Go check that out. Issue 94. It was a great interview about some up-and-comers in the comic book biz. Let me tell you, it was super fun. I'm very proud of it. And next up is probably going to be the uh, next weekend, possibly, is writer, uh, creator, novelist Howard Shapiro. He's brought two of the things I love together with hockey and comic books, and he'll be on a podcast very soon. You can follow him at Hockey Player on everything. And his his actual comic books, hockey comic books, are on Amazon.com. Just uh, uh, search his two titles, Hockey Saint and Hockey Karma. He really brings the world together, the two worlds together in a, in a great way, in a heartwarming way. So please check out his stuff. That's Howard Shapiro. Shapiro. And uh, also, if you yourself or you know someone that's an independent comic book creator, uh, we here at Sunspots Comics want to really shine some love and support your way to all those struggling creators that are trying to make it in the comic book business, like myself. And just hit me up, send me a review copy of your work or something that you've done on the Instagram, of course, or all the social media at Sunspots Comics. And my email address is chris at sunspotscomics.com. Just hit me up. It's, uh, it's tough out there to get your work uh, seen and heard and shown to the world, so I'm here to help. Just hit me up, and like I said, I'm easy. Just ask me, and I'll do what I can to support you and help you. So now on to my favorite part of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, which is my comic book reviews and recommendations, where I pick my favorite comic books for New Comic Book Day, March 1st. And let me tell you, it was a spoiler alert, of course, spoiler warning. Uh, you don't really have to worry very much. I usually stay away from the last couple of pages, and I definitely don't cover every single interesting point of a comic. I'm ultimately trying to talk you into buying it, so I don't really want to spoil it completely. Uh, so you have been warned, though, just in case. Spoiler alert. And man, this week was just that that awesome week of just a blend, a mixture of sort of all kinds of things in the world of comics. And uh, I just, it was just a lovely week. I, I can't uh, recommend it enough. And if you want to see everything that I'm reading, just kind of a, a quick little summary 
of uh, my favorite picks of the week, say all the way back to May of 2015, or you want to see all 148 titles that I'm currently reading, just go to sunspotscomics.com. I mean, I just recently compacted, updated, simplified the site, so I'm super proud of it. So just go ahead and put your eyeballs on it, and you can even click at the very top where it says Top Comic Books of the Week, and you can see all my past top picks. It's all there for you. If you ever really want to know, gosh, what should I read in comics? Listen to this podcast and just go check out sunspotscomics.com. And this week, every single week, I pick an art winner and a cover artist winner, and it's one and the same person. It is David Finch for Batman issue 18. His cover is glorious. Uh, you have this giant-sized, larger-than-life, beautifully, just painstakingly attention to detail, so many lines of Bane. The the rise of Bane is here, and Bane has arrived and Finch just has every muscle detailed. It's it's just dark and ominous. The color palette's beautiful, and it's blacks and grays and whites and blues. It's just uh, so appealing to the eye. It's so poster-like. It's just iconic, and it's Bane in that uh, back into his sort of original form of just being this very menacing, very powerful, very manipulating, very also intelligent uh, major villain, major player here in, in the Batman world, and he is back. And he and David Finch lovingly just blasts you with this gorgeous just mural of Bane and everyone falling upon his feet. It's beautiful. And the interior art is gorgeous. I really love that he really did almost, uh, it had to be five large single splash pages. And if not, it was like 80% uh, of a splash and 20% of a follow-up panel below it. He really made Bane larger than life. Uh, with it's just kind of a splash like a, a flashback we don't see it a ton or really you see giant lettering and giant uh, almost full page splashes just riddled throughout this comic and he does a great job with the shadowing and the look of Batman and action the way that they're Bane and Batman are fighting it's just beautiful such great attention to detail in my opinion David Finch has been getting better and he's been he's a, a veteran in the business he's been doing it for a long time but he seems just very inspired and very passionate to do Batman right now. And I'd love to talk to him, David Finch. Or if someone knows him, tell him. I would love to interview him because he seems inspired. It seems like it's some of his best work. And that's David Finch. Definitely artist and cover winner easily. As I lined up all 20 comics side by side, it just, he beat them all. Simply, David Finch, my favorite artist this week. So check it out in Batman issue number 18. And all the, he's been doing it for about 8 to 10 issues, I think. And the breakdown. This week's breakdown, I bought 20 comics, read them all, and 10 of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. And that's that 50%. I love to live right there, where at least 50%. I don't try to make them 50%. I let the comic speak on its own. It has to be amazing, and it has to flow really quickly, and it has to make sense. It has to be, again, where, where art and reading come together and clash, and it's beautiful, and it's just all about what comics is really about. And uh, I love that it was 50% this week. So 20 on the list, 10 made it to the greats. And new number ones, I was surprised. Another big week of new number ones. There were seven of the 20 that were brand new number ones. And five of them made it to the great ones pick list, which is another big week of number ones being super good. And that means good things for you because you can go grab the number ones and start there and jump on and just enjoy the ride from the very beginning. You can say, I was there from the beginning. And it's kind of nice to say that. 
And the five that I'm about to discuss and break down here on the countdown are super good. So they've all been added to my pull list. I definitely recommend you grab them, but I'll be discussing that here in a second. So let's get into it. Here are the top comic book recommendations. This is the great ones list, folks, for new comic book day, March 1st. I consider these comics to be the greatest of the great ones. And I only discuss the great ones here on the Sunspots Comics recommendation list. So here we go. Coming in at number 10 is from Image Comics. It's the complete tales from the con. So this is a little definitely off the beaten path. I'm glad I stumbled across this. Uh, this is written by Brad uh, Guigar. So sorry, Brad. I'm getting it wrong. Chris Giaruso. Giaruso and uh, Scoot McMahon. So these three dudes put together a hilarious collection of comic strip style uh, graphic novel, trade paperback, all, a collection of of all of their, I guess they had it online for a while or did it on the internet first. I'd love to break it down a little further. I know very little, but they collected it together in this beautiful collection. It's about 116 pages, and I read it in about 30, 45 minutes. And it's just, you. it's a definite reread. It put a smile on my face, and ultimately it's about, and making fun of, the world of comic book conventions. It even kind of inspired me to watch the show The Con, starring Alan Tudyk on the con network which i'm con still considering subscribing to because you have to pay 4.95 a month for it but uh this did such a good job that it's inspired me to sign up to kind of see more stuff on the world of comic book conventions which i'm already in there but it made me want more of it but it's just uh, it's satire it's a great uh sort of there's a ton of just very true and real things here that they poke fun at it's not making fun of people that go to conventions which maybe would be your first thought in thinking of this it's not. It's definitely inside comics. There's some of that that's inside comics and some of it that's very accessible, but it's hilarious. It made me smile a number of times. It's just it's just jam-packed with so many little jokes. There's there's one panel here that made me laugh that uh, is, is a guy sitting in a doctor's office and he's just holding his hands in a kind of arthritic pose. <laughs> and he, uh, he's, and the doctor says, I've seen golf knee and tennis elbow, but this is the first time I've treated quarter bin finger so it's like it's you could that's what happens you're, you're at comic book conventions you're going through all of the bins the 25 cent bins and you've, you're just making that arth that arthritic like pose and yes it, it hurts after a while and so it just pokes fun it's inside comics but then not it's colorful it's it's just fun it's a, a breath of fresh air uh great toilet reading i mean just just a thought <laughs> i didn't do it didn't read it when i was on the toilet i swear but it just seems uh, very fitting for that. Um, but they it, they cross all genres. They have a mix of what they focus on from Marvel to Star Trek to Star Wars. Uh, it's it's just all in there. There's one one. I'm not even looking at it right now, but it's a. Uh, I just remember it. It'll stay in my mind for a while. It's a bunch of uh, Ben Grimm as the thing and a bunch of things sitting around like things grandfather and things grandmother, and it says th at the bottom just things giving. It's <laughs> just little jokes and puns and corny stuff like that. But it's. It's fun. It's an easy read. I definitely enjoy the investment. I think it's uh, ten bucks. The collection was ten dollars, so completely worth it. You can probably get it uh, digitally cheaper. Who knows? But um, it was just well done. So hats off to you guys. That's my number ten. The complete tales from the con, and that's the first of the five. The new number ones as well. Coming in at number nine is James Bond. James Bond. Uh, this new series is called The Black Box. Uh, from Ian Fleming's novels. I love that they're sticking a little closer to the novel work. 
it's uh, good stuff and this is uh, done by artist with the last name Piercy Benjamin Piercy and artist uh, Rafa Labosco and this is added to the pull list definitely this is the number two of the five the new number ones and it is just an action-packed segment right off the bat with with James Bond on skis chasing a guy uh, on skis and it's just your very iconic traditional James Bond action opening that you always want I mean it just fits and pairs so perfectly he's hired to take someone out that's this uh, horrible sort of terrorist and someone jumps in and beats him to it and then takes off and James Bond is doing his James Bond thing he's on the hunt for this person going down the slopes and it reminds me of four or five James Bond movies I don't want to break them down but it's definitely very iconic and he's got this great goggle with these awesome sort of uh, heads up display in it very Iron Man like heads up display in his in his ski goggles and some great shadow work here by the artist. I, I just love his stuff. I'm going to check out uh, more of his work again. Artist, uh, which I'm I'm a fan now. Rafa Labosco. But, man, it's just action-packed. It's interesting. There is a sort of a cyber hacker terrorist that he's on, hot on the trail of. And this uh, other person that jumped in and, and took care of his hit as a sort of side thing going on. So... I'm intrigued. It's just a lot of setup, but it's a couple of fun action sequences. Of course, he's talking to Q and M, which I love the sequence there. They're in like a uh, like a moving truck, like night, very Night Rider esque, where it's a, a semi that has his Aston Martin there and all of his cool fun gadgets. And even I love the little joke how he makes a gad, he gives James, uh, you know, Q does with a uh, or M does with a gadget uh, watch gadget. I won't uh, waste what it is, but he's kind of like, you know, nobody wears watches anymore, but if, eh, if that's your thing, fine. Oh, here's a gadget with a watch. But um, there's even a little bit of humor in there, but I, I loved it all together. It was fun, exciting, humorous, action-packed, and very much what you expect from a James Bond series. So I, I love it. I'm totally in. Added to the poll. The last one was really good called Hammerhead. I recommend that series as well, James Bond Hammerhead. The whole thing just wrapped up super good. And coming in at number eight is called Savage Things. And Savage Things is the new issue number one. Uh, this is the third of the five new number ones. This is from Vertigo Comics. And this is from a writer, uh, last name, uh, it's, uh, Justin Jordan, who I enjoy his work. Uh, he does some great stuff. And this uh, artist here is also one that I'm not familiar with, but I really enjoyed the artist's work. Ibrahim Mustafa. So, very good. Ooh, Mustafa. But, uh, <laughs> and colored by Jordan Boyd. But yeah, Justin Jordan is a, a pro in the biz, been doing it for a long time. I love a bunch of his titles. Check out Justin Jordan's work. But this is a um, an interesting, here's the gist from what I get from it. I'm kind of not completely sure what's happening, but there is this, this uh, maybe a terrorist cell that's gathering up children that they believe fits the criteria to, to be uh, like uh, serial killers. Uh, murderers of some sort. They're, they believe that these these children that they've gathered and kidnapped and stolen from all over the world will eventually, they have the criteria to become murderers, mass murderers. So they're c recruiting them for this government terrorist cell, assassination cell, not sure, good or bad yet. But this sort of focuses around this young man that was uh, doing something to a small animal, um, possibly, or just blowing stuff up. And this uh, guy comes in uh, showing him, uh, he's there with his parents, and uh, he's he's uh, killed his parents and sitting there. And the, the conversation they have with this child that meets the criteria of being a serial killer 
is frightening and he sells it really well well written great emotions on the faces uh it's a it's a little disturbing and it's a it's a little like where is this going uh, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit to find a, a, a super likable character but i like the world they're building here and what's going to happen so we sort of flash forward to this character being older and there is this sort of person that is uh, potentially a serial killer that Maybe are maybe they've dextered these kids and kind of given them a code and focused them to go in the right direction of doing good in murdering. <laughs> maybe it's like a it's a Punisher school. I mean, who knows? But I'm kind of in. I enjoy it. It's got a little bit of a murder mystery here in the person that they're that 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 is doing this, which I eventually I can tell they're setting up a very devious bad guy here, which I like that. Set in like modern day and set in New York, uh, even a little love letter to some spots in New York. It's just definitely some some beautiful backgrounds there. But um, yeah, the the team and the, these recruiters in the past, uh, you sort of see the little flashback and then they're referenced again in modern day and uh, that maybe they disbanded this group of young murderers turned into focused into punishers <laughs> but anyway i enjoyed it savage things issue number one grab it it's different interesting different uh dark and uh intense and serious and really setting up in a, a kind of interesting world with that premise so savage things i'd recommend it new number one on my poll for definitely i want to see more and number seven is a uh, royal city number one royal city is the fourth and of five of the new number ones and royal city is a uh, written and drawn and painted by Jeff Lemire, Lemire, and this is a new series for him. He, uh, it's something he's been working on for a while. It's definitely a little different. Beautifully, painstakingly drawn by Jeff Lemire. If you like his style of work, it's very, uh, very kind of scratchy. Very, um, he has a, a very a, a unique look that is always very, very Jeff Jeff Lemire. You can tell when you're looking at something from his. It's it has a cartoony style with a lot of sort of scratchy lines and this sort of watercoloring finish. And, uh, and he does, he does like sad faces really well. <laughs> and you're, you're given that right off the bat here with this old man and this, not, you know, 50s, 60s and him and his wife that kind of hate each other. <laughs> They're setting this like, he's a curmudgeon. He's just, uh, doesn't want to be nice to his wife and you're kind of hating this guy. And he's up in the middle of the night, like eating some potato salad. And his wife's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm having a snack. Leave me alone. It's just like. Oh, you like this, uh, this <laughs> very sort of sad couple that don't care for each other. They're just not even friends anymore, it seems like. But there's more to it there, which I don't want to give away every line. But he uh, it goes to his garage where he's working on kind of his old radio. So Jeff Lemire does a great job of, of establishing a world in this sort of this warm family feel. And it just has this Americana look to it, you know, somewhere in the Midwest. And it's clean, simple style. And uh, he goes into this garage and starts fiddling with uh, these old-fashioned radios, which I have one I want to take out of my, my garage and display. It's like a Superman old-fashioned wooden radio. I love it. And he has some of that here. All of those wood dials and the, the AM transistor tubes and the old-fashioned antennas in this garage. It's like, it's like looking at Geppetto's you know, workhouse. It's, it's just all these wonderful little wooden, you know, old school gadgets here. I, I just love that, that, that tone and that feeling and that, that environment is very appealing to the eye. Of course, finished off with just warm colored, uh, you know, water coloring. It's just gorgeous. And he hears the word Tommy and has like a stroke. So you already just, that's kind of where I want to stop because it makes some great little turns here. 
So you you just assume from hearing that voice, Tommy, that it's someone that is important to him, that's maybe passed on, that uh, someone that it just he has that feel like what like what voice from the dead or something, and he has like a stroke, and that's kind of where the story begins. So he definitely sets the stage here with a family that's definitely that definitely has family issues. There's they have um, brothers and sisters that are getting along that aren't getting along, and the, the mother seems very difficult to get along with. And uh, it seems like just the whole centerpiece of this is really just this one family. And he's loaded this. There's some extra features sort of at the end. So tune in all the way through and read his article about Royal City. It's definitely interesting and gives you an understanding of sort of how he came up with the idea and where he wants to go with this and how it sort of culminated. Very interesting, nice article, a little essay in the back from Jeff Lemire. And sometimes... I don't even look at him. I just there's just a ton. It's seven paragraphs, folks, but it goes by very quickly, and he really does a, a great exposition of of what was in his mind and how he sort of came up with Royal City. But uh, I love that. Just gives you that little extra, that little bonus feature, right? That little deleted scene or or commentary. It's there. Royal City. Check it out. Number one. That's why it's my number seven pick of the week. I really enjoyed it. And coming in at number six is from Marvel Comics, Doctor Strange. Issue number 18, and I, this is written by just uh, Jason Aaron and art by Chris Bacchalo, Bich- uh, and Jason Aaron, of course, fantastic artist, Southern Bastard, Star Wars, everything, he's just, he was my favorite writer of 2016, uh, paired with, and he's back, um, Chris Bacchalo. Uh, even the fill-in artist last issue was phenomenal, I was, I was hoping to maybe see him again, but also glad to have Chris Bacchalo back, but... The core element of the awesome in this comic is a new sort of power that you may have, the internet maybe already spoiled. A new power, a new thing that Lady Thor, Thoret, um, goddess of thunder, uh, can do. This new sort of power. And that's, uh, it has to do with surgery. It's all I want to tell you. I don't want to waste all of it. But in the gist of this comic, to get you to go get it, it's uh, this... This culmination of all of the evil that Doctor Strange has defeated over the years has sort of taken uh, form, taken shape, taken a an intelligence, and and has come alive in the form of this sort of like almost venom-like black symbiote, and it has this menacing white face that's just very striking white face, and it's created this very like it must destroy everything personality it just sees humans as a scourge and a waste uh in our in on the planet and wants to purge all humans human existence because it's for the betterment of the planet one of those types of but he's this weird liquid symbiote with all these tentacles and and suction cup finger like and all these eyes and it's just creepy and eerie looking and chris bocciolo is just you can tell is just lovingly drawing this this mess of black with tentacles and eyeballs all over it but i guess that dr strange was ingesting even some of the evil throughout the years to to sort of uh, destroy it and, and it's just all spewed out of him and come to life in this sludge and uh, i love that conceptually it's just a very interesting character to look at in every single panel that it, that chris bocciolo draws uh, this 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 evil monster it looks different in every single panel uh, with just this black tentacles and everything. It's just great. Well, Doctor Strange is depowered, so he actually asks for help of the Goddess of Thunder. And Thor luckily helps and comes to the rescue to help battle this. And the <laughs> this evil monster has reversed all of the brain tumors 
that Doctor Strange has done over the years. So this this entity found all the people that Doctor Strange performed surgery on and reversed it, and they all have these these porous, black, and gross-looking tumors coming out of them, and he has to redo these surgeries. And his hands are still, you know, not functional, and he can't really do surgeries. That's why he calls the Lady of Thunder, hence new power. Uh, so check it out. It's just, it's a ton of fun. It's action-packed, and you do have a fight here with uh, with the three of them, the Lady of Thunder, Doctor Strange, and the black mess creature. <laughs> And it's it's just fun. It's a great uh, uh, team team book. They, it's, they they pair very well, and uh, she comes to the rescue and really helps them in kind of a unique way. But that's all I want to tell you. It's just it's action packed. Get Doctor Strange. You will not be disappointed. It is so much fun. Just the best. And coming in at number five is the last, the f- the fifth and final of the new number ones, and it's Extremity, Extremity. Issue number one and extremity issue number one is from image comics and it's uh, the skybound title It's from writer creator writer artist Daniel Warren Johnson and He is uh, doing it all. He does have Mike Spicer on coloring, which is great really super good Um, Just loves to live in the red and he has a great way of things looking just dingy and bloody and and gross and just a lot of um just a lot of uh, sm- attention to detail in some of the the pull out pull epic back kind of panels that really show the landscape. He really has a ton of details in his landscape shots. But this is an interesting premise. I I saw this in Image Plus magazine and I had to grab it, and I I was glad that I did. They gave you like three pages in Im- Image Plus magazine number nine. Check out, uh, you can see a little sample of it, but go get Extremity issue number one. It's it's this interesting, unique little little world. It feels kind of like um, the the world that's, uh, boy, it feels like the, it's the comic that I'm reading uh, recently. It's uh, The Ember. Um, that otherworldly sort of fairy landscape, this, this uh, Lord of the Rings kind of fantasy land uh, that has uh, a lot of floating fixtures. Um, very much like Avatar. That's what I was looking for. It's very colorful, very neon, and has a lot of floating landscapes that are interesting little clods of dirt that are floating uh, with uh, their sort of strange gravity on this planet. But it's focused around this 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 war between these two clans. I love how they separate the people in each clan very simply. They all look a little on the Native American side. Um, they're all brown folks with uh, black hair. And he has come up with a way to sort of separate them, which is to have these sort of color swatches on their faces. So the father figure in this, the Abba, is his name, has like a red patch. And then the uh, the warring clan has like a different color patch on their face. And so you simply easily know that, that you're dealing with, it's like a green circle on, on the uh, quote-unquote the bad guys here. But it kind of centers around this young woman that when she was very young, they they killed her mother and they took her hand off. And she was an artist and it was her drawing hand. And it's definitely an exploration here of what would someone do if what really defines them is their art and then their hands chopped off. And I was thinking that very thing. And that point was brought to home when I read the sort of extra features at the end of the comic, when the, the, the artist creator was sort of thinking of that very thing that, uh, how, you know, he's defined by his art. What would happen to him if his hand was chopped off? Well, that's kind of explored here. 
And uh, in this crazy fantasy world, that's that's very swords and arrows and axes, and it's just um, it's beautifully drawn. So it's they, it's really just a ton of setup here, and how her father is the Abba, which is the leader, the um, sort of spiritual leader that leads their their family, their clan, their group. And he's uh, he's he lo looks he's so lovingly drawn and definitely has that father figure type look, and he's very respected. And uh, you see the daughter having trouble dealing with her younger brother, who's very much not of this war. He's just a he's a much softer person, has a, has a much quieter personality. Doesn't want to get in this this you know grandiose war of killing people. He's just a sensitive person and he doesn't want to kind of be involved with this. But he's been given the you know the, the he's the heir to the abba and he just sort of doesn't want to be the heir you can tell it's more like the daughter she they built an awesome very merle like from walking dead apparatus for her arm to wear um a, like a giant sword that kind of comes out of the um that uh, the the thing that goes over her hand that was chopped off just uh, give, totally reminds me of walking dead and merle but it's uh, it's it's a great world it it is definitely creating this unique sort of look. It has a, in some sort of Geiger elements there, like almost aliens, the way everything looks. Uh, and I love that sort of look and feel. And they have like a, like very much like a speeder, like a land speeder, like a Star Wars kind of land speeder in there that she flies around in. Um, definite, the visuals are just stunning. And the way they set up uh, the father is the Abba and <clears throat> him trying to speak, you know, to his heir, his son that really kind of wants nothing to do with it and is just sort of scared. And the daughter that's that's rising up to be that new Abba. But um, this is definitely just an introduction. There's some cool... I love the sort of weird bone mask that the Abba wears when they go in when he goes into battle. Very cool visual. And that's uh, part of the seller of this. <clears throat> and they go on the offensive and attack the Green Patch uh, clan. <laughs> and you're introduced into them as well. And uh, yeah, what happens there, there's a sequence that's just amazing action sequence of where... They attack the red patch face, attack the green patch face people. But um, just great. Just fun, action-packed, fantasy, uh, hack and slash, just good stuff. And that's the, the fifth and final new number one. So there you go. The rest are some, uh, you know, some not number ones. <laughs> but anyway. So coming in at number four is the th issue number three of three of Assignment. And this is a Titan title. And this is... Uh, Written by uh, director Walter Hill. He did the uh, Aliens movies and the Warriors uh, with some. And he also did The Assignment. This movie is coming up very soon. Starring Michelle Rodriguez and Sigourney Weaver. And uh, there was a little bit of controversy of, from this comic that I've seen sort of online. About sort of the treatment of um, this. Uh, how the LGBTQ community felt that they were... Um, the, the transgender community was maybe misrepresented in this comic, but um, that's not, I don't think what he was really trying to do here. It's definitely risky and it's edgy in what, in its tale, but I don't really think uh, the writer was kind of going for that, but there's a movie coming out. We'll see if that furthers it or if, if it goes how that is viewed. But this is the story of this hitman named Frank and Frank was on sort of a normal uh, assignment to assassinate this artist and ends up being that the, artist's sister is this crazy surgeon that is uh, stealing people off the street and changing them changing their gender without them without their permission and that's the focus that's what happens to frank here it's uh he's this this handsome man assassin you know hitman for hire and when he wakes up he's turned into a woman 
and you know changed transitioned if you will or whatever against his own will but the art here which is gorgeous by jeff and, and finishes by matt's both two first name people that i still haven't been able to find much on those two people if you know something about matt's with a z and jeff just j-e-f the two the artist team here uh let me know hit me up please because internet's got nothing they're just i think they're from france the french artist possibly but this is the final sort of uh, issue here um frank because she hasn't now that he's a, he's a she really hasn't changed uh her name but frank is hot on the trail uh, to find the doctor here the surgeon uh, and the way he gets information she gets information uh is brutal uh, this is definitely uh, not for uh, the younger readers it's very mature um there's nudity in it there's intense graphic violence here uh, there is a trailer of the movie online you can see it on youtube i think they've changed it now to the reassignment maybe um for some of the negative feedback whatever they've been having for it there is like in the center i love right at the staple page they have like a two-page pull-out sort of mini poster with you know frank in a diner and just just this look on her face and um it's great like kind of a little bonus there i love that but uh frank also had this uh this this girl that he'd had um uh, you know experience with and met with uh, prior to him being forcibly transitioned and uh, he goes she goes to help uh, to help her and gives her some leads as to who would potentially do this and he's uh, she is not uh, letting up one bit uh, the violence in this is brutal and violent and it's just also like a love letter to San Francisco it's gorgeously painted and lit because there's definitely a respect to light in this. It's very hyper-realistic looking. It's uh, These are definitely professional like storyboarding that's done here for the movie. I think they just converted it to a comic and colored it as such. But it's intense and it's serious. And there is a great... Uh, there's an interview with the surgeon, Sigourney Weaver's character, that uh, is really frightening and haunting. And she's definitely a maniacal, uh, you know evil surgeon here but she's been caught and there is a, a reveal in this as to what happens between the two of them and what happens at the end was definitely a good payoff for this it was uh it's when they build such a bad guy that you have to see them destroyed and 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 it's a fulfilling ending uh where it does kind of leave maybe some things open you never know but i really enjoyed the assignment it's uh, definitely one that I stumbled upon and so glad that I did. It's independent. It's a Titan title, and it's from this hard case crime family of comics. But top-notch stuff, the assignment. Check it out, three of three. They're like triple bonus-sized books as well. I think $5.99 is the price point, and it's like 45 pages. There's a lot of pages. So a lot of great content here in a very serious, dramatic revenge thriller. So check out assignment. You'll not be disappointed. But here we go now. We've broken in and breaking down the top three comics. So here we go. Coming in at number three is Motor Girl. Issue number four. This is from Terry Moore. Black and white comic. It's from his abstract studio publishing house. He does everything on it. Writer, inker, penciler, uh, artist. It's, it's just beautiful stuff. He is a top-notch creator of comics. He is one of the veterans. He is doing it so right with his... Um, the other comics that he's done, like uh, you have to see Strangers in Paradise, it's great, and it just everything he does, you cannot go wrong. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful work from Terry Moore. I've met him a few times at cons. He's a top-notch human being, 
And uh, I am a fan for life of Terry Moore's work. But this is where we have this, um, you know, and the gist of it is this strange junkyard in the middle of nowhere. It's run by this, uh, this woman that is, she has some PTSD issues and she sees a talking gorilla. That's her counterpart. And so she's dealing with these, these PTSD issues and she has an imaginary friend. But she has seen a UFO. And she's seen aliens that have approached the planet and others have as well. And it's like very cartoon-like, um, kind of, kind of a, a homage to Calvin and Hobbes and and Peanuts of how the aliens look. <laughs> so, it's just a little all over the place. Of course, Terry Moore's art with on the emotions of the faces is what really sells it. It's top notch here. He is a master in emotion on on the faces for his characters. And Sam, I do believe is her name, is having some issues. She's curled up into a into a. a a bathtub here and she drowns out the voices in her head with alcohol and the her imaginary friend monkey is always constantly trying to get her to better herself and you know to get up and have some breakfast drink some coffee and the back and forth dialogue between her monkey friend and Sam is just stuff of legend it's just heartwarming and they um, they bust each other's balls for lack of a better term <laughs> and there's a there's a bigger presence here. There is a group that knows that there are aliens appearing in the area of the Nevada desert, the middle of nowhere, where this junkyard is that she maintains for this older woman, Libby. And I love the, the conversation that they have as well. And even here, Sam has an interaction with, with two hired sort of goons that are supposed to kidnap her, rough her up, and get her to convince Libby to sell this junkyard in the middle of nowhere. So it's definitely a complex uh, relationship-based, um, very amazing development of interesting characters that Terry Moore does all the time. And that's really all I want to give you with Motor Girl because uh, I just, it's um, it's top-notch. It's Motor Girl is definitely shaking up the list of some of my favorite comics of all time. And uh, it's that good. But just go look up Terry Moore and uh, you'll see his stuff is phenomenal. And uh, so that's my number three, Motor Girl, issue number four from Abstract Comics. Go get it. It's a little hard to find. I know it's independent, but uh, he's got it on all the digital areas as well uh, if you're into comicsology, etc. But check out Motor Girl. It's only on issue number four, and he does normally deliver on time. But it's it's great stuff. Just really, really developing some very interesting characters. And you're you're pulling for Sam. You want Sam to, to get better, and she's got some, you know, she's got that PTSD, and she's running a junkyard and there's aliens it's just a lot going on and all at the same time partnered up and paired with her imaginary gorilla friend i think his name's mike but anyway coming in at number two is from dc comics it's superman issue number 18 superman issue number 18 is uh oh man it's just uh good stuff and uh this is uh, the team of peter tomasi he's doing it just so well he's He's really built this great world for Superman. I am loving it. And uh, and this is the art team, which I think he actually changes up on the art a couple of times. That's what I'm looking for here. But but it's I'm pretty sure it's more than one artist, actually. 
but it's Superman issue number 18. I'm looking for the other artist names. I don't see it, but Peter Tomasi, Patrick Gleason, who's on art, who I love Patrick Gleason's art. He is top notch, but it's definitely my issue number two. And it's this is an emotional issue right here. It's the um, Superman Reborn part one. So they're starting definitely a new arc. But at its very core, it's the Superman family. It's Lois and Jonathan and even Crypto that are there together living in Hamilton and hiding when they're trying to figure out what to do as the Justice League is sort of forming, etc. How they're going to fit into it. In the meantime, they're just farming and just trying to live a simple life and farm. And if you've been following Jonathan, uh, son of, of Superman, his story has been great. They've introduced him. He's he's uh, just, a, uh, just a heartwarming kid that loves his parents and well-adjusted and still curious and getting into trouble with that. But the sequence that, that everyone's sort of talking about at the beginning of this is we're, of course, in... in the rebirth issue number one, which seemed like forever ago, they introduced that the Watchmen characters are are melding into the DC universe, and we haven't seen anything since that reborn issue number one, rebirth issue number one. Well, here we go. It's back. And there's a character here that's hooded that you don't quite see that is monitoring this giant sort of prison facility. Um, is it uh, Dr. Manhattan? You don't really know. I mean, who knows what character it is per se, if it's Osmandius from the Watchmen series, but... He's harboring, uh, even you see a Red Robin is there, and uh, and Doomsday, Superman's villain Doomsday. So he's harboring a ton of people in this strange uh, penitentiary in some weird place in the galaxy, where he's even now sort of looking at the galaxy and, and sort of discussing the stars and, and what energy and matter does, and it's just this strange sort of sciency opening here. And that ultimately you are, you know, uh, hollow spaces waiting to be filled, to be watched. So it's just like, yes, like, okay, we've been waiting forever to find out how the Watchmen tie in. Well, it's coming. This is just a, this just tickles you with a feather though, folks. Don't expect too much. But this ultimately is a story of how Jonathan, the young son, is getting back to the future phased out here. And they can't figure out why. They're doing what they can to stop this and to save him. And it's a little heartbreaking. It's intense. You, I've grown to really care for this character. And you you love the sort of warmth of family that happens here with Clark Kent and Lois and Crypto and Jonathan. And that family's being shaken to its core here. It's 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 definitely uh, in turmoil. And there's a character that, that comes to the door, which I don't want to tell you who he is. I say he, but that's it. Um, what does that all mean? It's definitely some questions here. It's mysterious. What's going on? What's going to happen in the life of Jonathan here as he's starting to Back to the Future phase out? But it's just great uh, emotional faces here that really sells it. That um, it, it just it really kind of choked me up at one point to see that Jonathan is going through this problem and the look on Lewis's and Clark's face and there's nothing they can do to stop this uh, for a while. But it's um, Patrick Gleason on art, just top notch, uh, one of my favorite artists, just gorgeous, iconic, colorful work and. And, he, he, you know, he's the most powerful being on the planet, but he can't stop this. And uh, you see that on his face. They're they're frustrated. They're struggling. They're they're emotionally torn up from this. And it, it, they, Patrick Gleason sells it in the eyes, folks. Just, just put your eyes on this. You'll see what I'm talking about. Superman's been such a solid top pick for me for a while. It's just um, still going strong. So please check out Superman issue 18. But the number one, the numero uno of the week that beat them all, of all 20 comics, this was number one, and easily number one, is Batman issue 18. And it's the art winner, the cover artist winner, uh, Finch just destroying it in this. Um, 
Like I said, it's some of his top-notch work. I already discussed his art. But giant panels, a lot of almost single splash pages here, or at least giant-sized panels. And it's just David Finch um, really pouring all of his blood, sweat, and tears and love into this. Like I said, I, he just to me, it just feels inspired. He spends a ton of time with every little muscle and the shading and the darkness. Ultimately, this is Bane versus Batman. And... Actually, I went back and even popped open Nightfall to just kind of remember, the put back into my mind the way I remembered Bane. I mean, he has changed in the last few years since then, but in Nightfall, go back and look at Nightfall, he was menacing and he had some, he was really affecting people and breaking people and he would watch all of of the, uh, the rogue gallery of villains attacking Batman and just sort of wait for the right moment. He was definitely playing a very, uh, you know, a heady chess game here with Batman. Well, this is just the two of them going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And I love that it's splashed with this fantastic fight scene, which you got to see it. I mean, it may very well be my favorite fight scene, well, of the year. So far, it is my favorite fight scene is Batman versus Bane. And they flash back into sort of their, their origin a little bit, which we both know both their origins, but they sort of put them in parallel, like even panels next to each other with how Bane was raised in this dungeon, basically, over the years, speaking to his mother, and Bruce, as he was raised, speaking to his mother. And they focus kind of on that. And their mothers are both named Martha. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> they don't say Bane's mother's name, but... What if it was Martha? I mean, who cares? That'd be funny. But um, <laughs> but man, uh, there's a, a scene where, uh, reminding me of Nightfall, where Bane raises Batman up. And you're like, oh, is he going to snap his back? I can't tell you. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But I love how they age the characters in these flashbacks that are in these parallel panels next to each other, showing them as adolescents, as teens, and then as sort of uh, in their early 20s and such, but doing a lot of very similar things, and also in the way that they speak to their mother, their deceased mothers. But I just thought that was really an interesting, emotional sort of connection to the two of them, and it's really setting a great stage for the villain here. And as I said kind of um, earlier, Batman being sort of depowered a smidge, and really focusing more on the family here. That comes into play when Catwoman is uh, is into the mix. And how she's into the mix here is top-notch stuff. I don't want to waste it, but it's so good. And I love how they wrote her into it. And I love this sort of joke she cracks to Bane. It's just, I laughed out loud. But uh, man, the glorious art in this from uh, from Finch. And this is, of course, uh, by the way, um, I, I love this uh, Tom King. He's been writing Batman for a while now. And David Finch on pencils. It's Jordi Belair on colors. That's what really brought it all home. I mean, this is three of the best right here. You've got to see this. And uh, it's just glorious. Some, some definite unique paneling done. Very large lettering. Giant from John Workman, by the way, does a great job of lettering in this. It's a comic book hitting on all cylinders. It's, it's 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5. You've got to see it and put your eyes on it if you're a Batman fan. You really don't have to have read any prior Batman comics. If you're just a Batman fan, I'm going to send this to some of my friends that love Batman but don't read don't read comics. I'm going to say, look, just check this out. Just see what see what's going on in my world because <laughs> it's it's that good. But anyway, there you go. There you have it. Those are my comic book recommendations for New Comic Book Day, March 1st. Please go to a local comic book shop in your area and buy these immediately. You will not be disappointed. Tell them that Chris from Sunspots Comics sent you in. That's right. I'll take full credit for it. 
<laughs> if you have any questions, comments, or you'd like a personal comic book recommendation, email me directly at chris at sunspotscomics.com. If I choose your email and discuss it on a future podcast, I will send you a mail it out to you, a little comic book prize thank you from me personally. Please sign up for our newsletter on sunspotscomics.com slash contact. And tune in next week for issue number 97, where next week I have a pull list of 19 comic books for March 8th and five new number ones, so potentially 24 comics. And another, there's a couple of maybe other new number ones, so maybe another one of those, maybe three weeks in a row where number ones have heavily been on the countdown here, so I hope that happens. There's some awesome stuff coming out. Here's just a little glimpse of what I'll be discussing in issue podcast issue number 97. Next week is... Uh, Action Comics number 975. I love the ending of Superman 18 so much that I've added to the pull list Action Comics because I need to read 975, this uh, Superman Reborn sort of part two on uh, Action Comics 975. So I'd recommend that. Box Office Poison Color Comics number three comes out. Hilarious satire about some dudes uh, that are comic book art in the co- love comics and one of them's a writer it's just it's great copperhead's finally back a brand new arc of, Co- of copperhead I've been waiting for that for a long time it's been easily six months or longer i'm glad copperhead's coming back detective comics another batman next week flash 18 green valley number six is coming next week harrow county 21 come on now my favorite horror comic book of last year number issue number 21 is coming out next week along with many many more so please subscribe to the podcast so you don't have to worry about missing anything so there you go it's going to be an amazing week of comic books next week i can definitely tell and thank you again thank you so much again for uh, just being amos for joining me thank you for for listening in on the podcast thank you for your time i appreciate it i hope i i made your commute or whatever your workout a little more fun and hopefully you will be inspired and just go to those local comic book shops that are near you and buy some of those comics so Please subscribe and go to iTunes if you just want to give a little something back to the podcast here. Just go to iTunes. Give us a positive review with five stars. It means a lot to me. And when you do write in a a little blurb there, I'll personally read it and thank you on a future podcast. So thank you very much. That's the entire show. I hope you had a good time. I sure did. And thanks thanks for coming and nerding out with me. I appreciate it. So see you next week. And always be good to each other. And don't forget, be water, my friend. Be like water. Take care now. See you later. Bye. Thank you. Have it all. My empire of dirt. I will let you down. I will make you hurt. If I could start again, a million miles.